Thank you for listening to our Love City Church podcast. Visit us online at www.lovecitychurch.ca. We pray that this message encourages you and strengthens you in your walk with Jesus. I encourage you to join a life group and join a community group and find time in your week to uh, just pour into your own life and to learn a little bit more and go a little bit deeper, build relationships, and see what God will do. So yeah, sign up with those at the back um, today or next week, and we want to get you involved and connected in that way. So really excited about those. Um, well, I'm just really excited to be able to share with you guys this morning. It's an honor to be here with you guys, and um, just thinking about sharing this morning, and just what an honor it is for my husband and I to pastor this community of people. It really does feel like a family. You guys are so supportive and encouraging, and it's been so amazing to see the growth and the change in what God has been doing in each of your lives, and even in our lives through that. And so we're just really excited um, for the opportunity to, to be a part of this community, be a part of this family, and um, I'm just, um, looking forward to sharing a little bit about my favorite topic this morning with you guys, which is trust. And um, I'm going to share my favorite scripture with you, but before I do... Um, I'm sure maybe some of you might guess what it is, but this scripture on trust has been a really big part of who I am in my life. It's um, a scripture verse that my dad recited over us growing up as kids, and then I took it on as my own um, as a young adult. Then when we, Ryan and I got married, it was on our wedding invitation, and it was on our little program that we handed out to all of our guests. And then now even still, um, we'll be celebrating 13 years of marriage in June, and even still, on every love note and every card and every anniversary and birthday card that we give each other, and this is this scripture is written on the bottom of each of our cards to each other because it's in the foundation of how we align our lives back into what God wants for us and, and walking in His ways for our lives. And so, um, before I share with you that scripture, I just want to pray together this morning. So, Lord God, I just thank you so much for today, God. I thank you, Jesus, for the opportunity to be here in your presence, to worship you, to be a part of a community that's loving and that's growing in you and in our walks with you, God. I thank you, God, as we learn um, this morning, as we dig a little deeper into your word, that you are faithful to speak to us. I pray that you speak to each individual's heart today, where they're at, and their journey of trust in you, Lord God, that this would be impactful, that they would go forth from here today feeling challenged and encouraged in their walk with you, Lord God. We just thank you that you're here in our midst, and we just give this to you. Amen. So maybe you've guessed already, but my favorite scripture on trust is found in Proverbs, and it's Proverbs 3, 5 to 6, but this morning I want to go a little beyond um, verse 6, and we're going to look all the way into verse 8, um, and you may say, whoa, 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 Stephanie, the classic is Proverbs 3, 5 to 6, I know, I get it, it's on a lot of different note cards and different things that you see, and different quotes and things have just that part, but I want to look at uh, verse 7 and 8 and see how that applies and see the life giving uh, components that are added into uh, those first two verses as we look at that, that together. So, um, as we begin, um, Brian loves all the media. Oh, look at that, he's making a slide, isn't he sweet? Um, I told him, no slides, I just was just trying to do this without a slide, but look at me, he made a slide anyways, but a, what a gem. Um, he loves technology, I know. Last night he was talking to me through, he's like, use the iPad, and he was like, flip through and down. I was like, no, it gives me anxiety. I'm just going to use paper, babe. Paper, it's paper. I'm going to use paper. So, <laughs> so this is me. Brian appeared to be me, so I'm going to be me this morning. I have the paper, and I still write things on our paper calendar and all that good stuff. 
Um, so we're going to read a couple different versions. Um, when I read through the scriptures and I'm studying and stuff and I'm reading through my Bible reading, sometimes I like to look at different versions of, uh, that are out there, different translations, because it, different words pop out, different, um, different things kind of encourage me or maybe they stick out to me where I'm at in that day and my journey in that time. And so I want to read a couple different verses this morning. We're going to start by looking at the New Living Translation. So Proverbs 3, 5 says, Trust the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. Don't be impressed with your own wisdom. Instead, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. Then you will have healing for your body and strength for your bones. So that's the New Living Translation. Now we're going to flip it over to the Amplified version, and I just love some of the words that popped out um, to me when I was reading it in this translation, and it says, trust in and rely confidently on the Lord with all your heart, and do not rely on your own insight or understanding. In all your ways, know and acknowledge and recognize him, and he will make your path straight and smooth, removing obstacles that block your way. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord with reverent awe and obedience, and turn entirely away from evil. And this is my favorite part in verse 8. It says, It will be health to your body, your marrow, your nerves, your sinews, your muscles, all your inner parts, and refreshment, physical well-being to your bones. So when we look uh, at verse 5, I just there are some key words that kind of popped out in that verse that I want to look at today. I want to look at some of those definitions and pull, we're going to look at them first together, and then those are going to be pulled in throughout as we walk verse by verse through this and the implications it has in our walk with the Lord. So when we look at verse 5, it says, Trust in and rely confidently on the Lord with all your heart. What does it mean to trust? The definition of trust is a firm belief in the reliability, truth, ability, or strength of someone or something. Then we look at the definition of rely, which means to depend on. Then we jump down to the definition of confidence, which confidence, which means to be open, showing that's what originated the idea of confidence, that there was nothing hidden, a person felt safe. So if you look at those uh, three words, and we look at those definitions and what those means, we can kind of sum it up as this. It's basically saying that to trust the Lord is saying to have a firm belief in the ability, the, tr the reliability, the truth, and the strength of God, to, be, to depend on Him and to be open to Him in our lives. When we look at who God is in a relationship with him, those three words have significant impact. So keeping those definitions in mind, let's begin a journey together this morning of applying those words into the scripture of Proverbs 3, 5 to 8 and see how these things impact our everyday lives and our actions and our thoughts and our decisions. So first in verse 5 it says, um, we're going to look at what it means, we're going to learn how to trust. So it says to trust in the Lord with all your heart. So when we think of following our heart, I know in our modern day society, in our modern day culture, following your heart often means like kind of whatever feels good, whatever you feel like in that moment, whatever your emotions are telling you. It's often not met with a lot of logical um, thought through thinking. It's just kind of on the whim. And you kind of do whatever it takes to get there. You're going to do whatever it takes to kind of make those emotions and those feelings feel good because that's kind of what it means to just follow your heart, right? There's not a lot of thought put into that when we look at how our present-day culture looks at following your heart. But when we look at the biblical meaning of trusting with your whole heart, this is what we find I find really interesting. 
The root Hebrew context of the word heart is to search for understanding with your mind. We are born without understanding, and we need to know and understand who God is in order to gain the divine wisdom in our lives. It actually means to ravish, to become intelligent, to get a mind. Wow, how totally contrary to what our society thinks of when it says to follow your heart. When we're following our heart the way the world says to, we're not thinking through the logical ramifications of how that looks. We're just doing what feels good. But no, the Word of God is challenging us in the Scripture to actually intellectually begin to know with our minds who God is so that we can build that foundation of trust. We're not just called to go with the wind with how we feel or what our feelings and emotions are telling us. No, we must begin to know God. True trust comes when we begin to understand and know who God is. The other day I was scrolling through my Google photos and looking through old memories of the kids. Again, I get sentimental and sentimental mom and I get sad when I see how big they're growing. And so sometimes late at night I'll just scroll through old videos and old pictures of them when they were little to remember what they were like. And um, I came across this video of Rhea when she was learning to ride her bike without training wheels. So I don't know how many of you have ever taught a child how to ride a bicycle without training wheels, but I don't like training wheels. Thank goodness for those strider bikes they're coming out with. Those are a much better option. Training wheels are terrible. They like they're rickety, and your kid is like trying to make the pavement's not perfectly smooth, and you don't have any sort of bumps that you're going over. It's fine, but if you kind of go on the street and out a bunch of the sidewalk, maybe one. Maybe you will kind of give out and your kids topple over, or maybe it's like turn on all our rocks here in Calgary, it just doesn't even fly smoothly. And so it was time. Ray was sick, so we're like, honey, it's time. It's time to take off the training wheels. You can do it. We knew as her parents, and we had confidence in her that she could ride her bike without training wheels. But uh, when we went to the mechanics, Ryan went to the mechanics of everything with her, you know. Daddy's going to take off training wheels, I'm going to hold the back of your seat for you, you're going to start pedaling, you're going to look forward, keep your eyes straight, and just go, and it'll work. And so, um, Brea, on the other hand, was not confident in her abilities, or even desire at all whatsoever to learn to ride the bike without training wheels. But we knew our summer of riding bikes would be way more fun, and we could do a lot of way more fun trails as a family if those training wheels were gone. And so, we kind of encouraged her, we pushed her. And even though she wanted to trust Brian, she wanted to believe that what he was telling her was going to happen, she had never actually seen Ryan teach a child how to ride her bike without training wheels. So she wasn't confident, she wasn't sure of his abilities because she had not experienced his abilities before. So at the end of the video, you see her, her riding after many failed attempts. This video, of course, is apparent you don't videotape this, this is the failures of your children. You, these videos take the things that they do well, and so there it is on the video of her finally getting it, finally taking off. But unlike most children who learn to ride a bicycle without training wheels and have a huge smile on their face, my daughter was sobbing and still gripped in fear as she was pedaling down the road. And maybe so because Nina actually forgot to teach her how to break. But anyways, <laughs> the real point is she should have been proud of herself that she had got this, but, but she was still gripped in fear because she didn't really understand and know with her mind how this is all supposed to work. I don't know if you ever felt that way with God, where you want to trust Him, and you want to step out of faith and believe in that thing that you've been hoping for, but you don't have the experience or the knowledge of who God is yet. 
You still found your faith, maybe, but maybe you're like Ray, where you're still sobbing, or you're gripped in fear, or anxiety is filling your heart, or you have questions and doubts along the way. There's that lack of confidence. Like the definition said, that lack of totally being open with your life. You're still holding back, even though you wish to just let go. True trust and confidence in the Lord comes when you spend time truly knowing and understanding who God is. To know Him with our mind. To read over the countless scriptures and stories in the Bible that show His faithfulness. To, to have relationship and hear of other believers, even in our present-day culture, who have seen God move, who have seen Him work in their lives, who have seen victories and, and faith, the faithfulness of the Lord work in their lives. It builds our faith, you guys. It creates a deeper level of trust. Like the definition said, a firm belief in the reliability of something or someone. In Isaiah 26, verse 3, it says, You will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you, because he trusts in you. We all desire that perfect peace when you're contending for a situation or believing for God to do a miracle, but often we let our emotions get the best of us. But here in the scripture that we just read in Isaiah, it's combining peace and trust. How would we keep our mind? There it is again. It's our mind. It's not our emotions. Not, we can't let our emotions dictate how our circumstances go. No, we need to know with our mind who God is and allow our mind to build a deep level of trust, which then brings peace to the situation. He knows what's best. God knows what's best. If we don't allow our feelings and emotions to dictate our actions, but truly rely confidently on the God, who directs our steps. It's kind of like this. When you um, hire somebody to fix your vehicle, vehicles in our society are very important to us. We spend thousands of dollars on purchasing them. We are hopeful that they will take us from point A to point B without breaking down, without causing an accident, without costing us a ton of money in repairs. It's an important thing. So when we look for a mechanic, we often don't just pull up to some random shop and just give over all our hard-earned money and hope that they'll fix it and not know for sure if they're actually going to do the right thing and, and be unsure of something that's really valuable to us. No, we often will go on, on the internet, look up a review and make sure the mechanic has some good reviews or we'll go by word of mouth and say, hey, yeah, the, the Morrises took their car to this place, it worked out well for them, they paid a good price, they, they fixed what we need to fix, their car is running great, okay, I'll take my, my car to that mechanic. We often don't just blindly take something that is precious to us to someone we don't trust to fix it. No, we do our research. We build a case of trust for that person. We rely. We depend on it. It's often so much easier and logical to rely on hard facts and concrete information that we can see right in front of us. Who or what are you relying on to guide your path, your decisions, your attitudes and thoughts? Are you spending time uh, reading different books and reading articles and searching the internet and looking at reading you know, different news articles and different reports, tons of stuff on YouTube you can go on nowadays to find what we believe in? Or are we spending our time studying the Word of God, knowing His truth, knowing what He is saying, and letting Him form and transform our mind and our thoughts? Maybe you're here today and you say, how can we... How can I practically get to know God better? How can I do that? And I know some of us maybe have done a really great study of the Word in the past and we're love to read our Bible, but maybe it's been a while since you picked it up. Or maybe you're new to your faith and you said, Sonny, I haven't even started to read my Bible yet. That's a journey I haven't even begun and I don't even know where to start. Um, and sometimes 
I think it feels overwhelming. Like, how do I actually get to know the God of the universe, the God that created everything? How do I get to know? But you guys, it's actually so simple. Um, so why don't I just kind of walk through some practical things? Um, that's who I am. I'm practical, sending sometimes boring stuff. And my kids say that I'm not cool, I'm not fun, but I'm practical and boring. So here's a little practical piece of me that wants to just walk us through a little bit of how do I get to know God really, really practically? So if you haven't already found a great version of the Bible that you love, or you don't want to spend 50 bucks on the Bible, or you're not sure where to even begin, start with the YouVersion app. If you haven't already downloaded it, it's free. Download it on your phone or on your device. And it's a great place to start, you guys. Even if it's just five minutes, if you just commit every day to spend five minutes reading one scripture a day, it will transform your life. So it will, you will begin to know and understand and be able to build that place of trust that you can trust in the Lord. Um, YouVersion is a great place to start. Like I said, they have amazing devotionals that you can go through um, if you're not sure. And there's so many different topics you can follow through or you can download all different versions of the Bible um, that are on there that you can begin reading through. And like I said, maybe you're just going to read a scripture each day. Um, in the past, I've read the Bible through lots of different ways, lots of different um, translations and different ways you can kind of read through. But um, right now, I'm actually just on a journey of knowing God better myself through reading I just has started out at Genesis, and I'm reading uh, just a very, 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 very slowly through just one chapter a day. And you think, yes, yeah, Sophia, it's going to take you a really long time, because the Bible has a lot of chapters in it. But yes, I'm not concerned with the speed that I'm reading through the Bible right now. For me, I just want to know God. I want to understand what I'm reading. I want to understand what the scriptures are saying. So in my time, I've been journaling. I've been taking down notes. When I don't understand a word, I go look up the definition of it. Or maybe I, there's a key phrase that I think, but maybe there's something deep here, and I go begin to do some research and understanding on it, because I just don't want to just read through the Bible just because it's a check off my box of something to do. I want to actually know God. And I want to know who He is. And I want to know His thoughts for me. I want to know His intentions for me. And I want to know His promises for my life. I'm not reading to get a word for you or for my husband or for my neighbor down the street. No, I want God to change me and for me, to transform me from the inside out, to know Him for myself, and to build that bridge of complete trust in Him. We can't truly trust someone we don't know. So I want to challenge us today as a church, you guys, to get to know God. It's a beautiful journey. It's exciting. It's fun. And I promise you that, yes, there are days where it will feel like a daunting task. Absolutely. There are other days that you just can't get enough. And God will begin to speak to you. And the Holy Spirit will then begin to prompt you through different scriptures that will begin to transform who you are from the inside out. So verse 6 then talks about knowing, acknowledging, and recognizing Him in all our ways. It says in all our ways to acknowledge Him, in word, in speech, in action, in intention, from the little details of our lives to the really big decisions that we often are faced to make. Every area of our lives must be submitted to Him. The word acknowledge means to truly know God. When we know Him, we can have a better idea about how to submit each area of our lives to His will. I want to ask the question this morning, what area are you still holding on to? Maybe you're like me where you say, okay, I'm doing good. I'm doing good stuff. Me. Like, I've given up most, almost all the areas. Just, just this one thing I'm just still holding on to. I just want to make sure that all everything lines up perfectly, that all the pieces fall to place, because I'm really excited about this dream that God's placed in my heart, and I really want to make sure that everything just works out just as I hope. So I'm, I'm doing pretty good, but I'm still just holding on to this 
One piece. And I get it, you guys. I totally get it. I'm a type A personality. Um, I tend to think through all the scenario of how it's going to look months ahead of time if possible. I like to think of what problems could potentially happen, how to fix those things. I like to have it perfectly laid out on, on a spreadsheet, if at all possible, so it's all organized. I can see it. It drives my husband nuts because he's a dreamer in our relationship. But that's me. I like to know. I like to make sure that everything's going to work out as I, I hope. But I quickly realized that I need to, this is an area that I need to give God complete control. And I need to, it's an area of weakness for me. I need to allow God to have control of every circumstance in every area of my life. But for those of you who are saying, yes, I can relate. I too like to have everything worked out. I like to have, have control and all of how everything's going to work out. Don't worry, even Jesus himself had a little uh, struggle with this himself. Um, he had to really give control over to God, and it wasn't easy for him either. We see this when, he, when he's uh, about to um, head to the cross. Just before that, we've seen the scriptures where he's actually praying and talking to God and kind of pouring out his heart to him. Because um, he knows what's coming, and he doesn't want to do it because he knows it's going to be hard because he was physical, had a physical body just like you and I would. And so he knew the pain that he was about to encounter. So he's having a little conversation about, with God. And you see that in Luke 22, verse 42. It says, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me, yet not my will, but yours be done. Jesus makes his own request clear, but he's making a willful choice to follow the plan of his heavenly Father rather than his own desires. Even though Jesus fully expresses his own desires, he makes a willing choice to put the desires of God above his own. Uh, I was just thinking about a story uh, in our lives where this is taking place, this, this whole concept of trust, and uh, I brought back to when we, six and a half years ago, when we began the journey of wanting to move to Canada. So for those of you who don't know, my husband's American, my kids are Americans, uh, slash Canadians now, and we, we're living in the States, um, and pastoring there when we felt the call to come back to my good old Canadian roots. And so Calgary was our city of choice, and so we began a journey um, of getting Ryan's permanent residence status, and we sent all the paperwork in, and we had done some research and homework, and found out that it should take about six months to get his permanent residence status at that time, is what they told us. And so um, we decided that we, and then also we were told that he could come on a visitor's visa for six months. We thought, perfect. We really want to be in Canada. We really feel like it's, we're called to come here and to plan a church. This is six and a half years ago now. And just for those of you who don't know, the church is only just over a year old. So uh, that's a funny little side bit to that story. But um, <laughs> So we felt strong and we need to get here. We need to hurry up and make this happen. Because we feel, you know, we felt like this was a godly thing that we were, we were doing. And yet, to be honest, guys, we weren't giving God complete control of the situation. And so we began the journey. We decided to move with Ryan's parents for the last couple months, this um, leading up to uh, our journey of coming here for the six months. And um, we decided that we wanted this so badly that I was going to find a full-time job, which I did. And Ryan was going to stay home with the kids all time. So now you can all already see the holes in this story are beginning to quickly happen. And so um, our kids were really little. They were home full time. And so we decided I was going to work and Ryan was going to stay home. And because um, we were just desperate to make this happen on our own time in the way that we wanted it to work. Um, and so um, we moved in with Ryan's parents. And just for a couple months to save some money before we were going to move up here. And so um, it was time, two weeks before I was going to start my job here in Calgary, and I just had this 
kind of check in the bottom of my pit in my stomach that said, you need to double check that this is all okay, what you guys are doing with the immigration and that this is all correct. The information you found out, just double check. So I did. I called, I remember sitting on the patio in my in-laws of home, and I was calling the immigration officer, um, whom I had other I had spoke to other ones before, and they said this scenario was gonna work out just fine for us, and it was gonna be lovely, and it's all gonna be great. So we've done all our homework. Yay for spreadsheets, it was all going to work out perfectly fine. Until I had explained this scenario to this immigration officer and he stopped me and said, please don't make this mistake. This is going to end very poorly for your family. Yes, you could get a border guard that's going to be like, sure, come on in, six months with your visa, no problem. Or you can encounter a border guard that says, absolutely no, denies right entry and therefore eliminates his chance of ever becoming a permanent resident. Well, as you can imagine, my heart sent to the bottom of my toes, and I thought, okay, that was it. Like, that was not the news I wanted to hear, um, and yet I knew in my heart that that was probably what I was going to hear. And so I hung up the phone and went to Ryan and told him what he had, uh, the border guard had said. We looked at each other and realized that we had to change our plans, that um, we couldn't move to Canada like we had hoped. And so I called the company that I was going to work for and explained the scenario to them, and they um, so I said, sorry, we're just, we can't come, we can't come at this time. And so we gave up everything, we gave up our dreams, we had no job, no income coming in. Our, my in-laws were incredibly generous and let us stay in their home and, and help provide for us in that time. But we had no idea of what the next step was, but we just knew that we needed to trust in the Lord. And we knew, although it was really a hard journey, and the days were long, and the weeks went on and on and on, um, that we knew that we could trust and have confidence in the Lord because we knew Him. We knew Him through our Bible reading. We knew Him through, our, through what His promises said that we could trust and rely confidently on Him. Uh, so that six-month visa that it was supposed to take for Ryan to come through, it actually turned into a year. So thank the Lord He did know better because if we would have come earlier like we had hoped, He would have had to head back to the States and we would have been in Canada and we would have been separated as a family for six months. So, um, And then in that time too, the Lord um, helped Ryan start a, a company, a media company that has carried us through the last six and a half years of providing for our family so faithfully. So we thought that we knew what was best for us, but really in that season, looking back, now we can see how God was working, but in those moments, we just had to grip onto who God was and who His promises said He was, because in that, in that time, we had nothing, we knew nothing, and there was no light to the end of that tunnel. It was so hard to give up our dream to say no when it's what we wanted so badly. But we decided to put our trust in the Lord. He worked out the details. He was faithful even when some days felt long and the answers seemed like they never would arrive. We're going to look now at verse 6, where uh, a little bit more of it talks about letting go, allowing God to create our paths instead of making them our own, like we were trying to do in that scenario. It says in verse 6 that it says, when we put him first in all areas of our lives, that he will direct our paths. When we choose to trust God and not try to figure everything out on our own, we, and we put him first and consider him in all, of our, in all our decisions, then he directs our steps. As I was reading it in Proverbs 16, throughout the chapter there were some verses that kind of stuck out to me in terms of this thought of him directing our, our paths. So I'm just going to quickly read through some of the verses that says, uh, in verse 1 through 3, it says, We can make our own plans, but the Lord gives the right answer. Then in verse 7 to 9, it says, Commit your actions to the Lord, and your plans will succeed. Verse 18 and 20 says, We can make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps. Then in verse 33, it says, Those who listen to instruction will, will prosper. Those who trust in the Lord will be joyful. 
It doesn't say that you can figure out your own way to make your path clear if you just work a little bit harder to do a little bit more. No, it says that He will make our path straight. God doesn't promise that there's never going to be any obstacles in our way. He just says that if we allow Him to rule and reign in our lives, that He will help remove those obstacles. Here's, here's the best part, guys. We get to stop pretending that we all have it figured out. In verse 7, it says, Fear the Lord with reverent awe and obedience, and turn entirely away from evil. His word says that if we put our trust in Him, and truly have a fear of the Lord, that He will help us in this crazy life that we live. How humbling is it to admit that we don't have it all together? To come away with that white flag of surrender, and admit that we need a little bit of help. True fear of the Lord is acknowledging that He is almighty and all-powerful. Giving up complete control. It is fear conjoined with love and hope. When we take the journey of knowing God that we talked about earlier, then we begin to gain the wisdom that comes from heaven. Without the fear of the Lord, we can be knowledgeable about earthly things, make pretty good decisions for our lives, but we will still be missing the one thing that truly makes us wise, which is the fear of the Lord. An understanding and an awareness that all we say and all we do in this life has eternal impact. We can't just rely on our human understanding of this life. No, we must seek the Lord and know Him and live our lives according to His will. We are called to allow God to speak into each and every area of our lives. He already sees, He already knows, He already evaluates all of our choices. So why not allow Him to actually help us with all those details? This verse teaches that the fear of God is foundational to true wisdom. All other types of learning are worthless unless built upon the knowledge of the Lord. The fear of the Lord can be defined as this, the continual awareness that our loving Heavenly Father is watching and evaluating everything we say, do, and think. So now we've looked at what it means to trust, to have confidence, to truly know God, to have Him direct our steps in our life, and what it truly means to allow God to have control. For us to no longer try and figure out the plans for ourselves, but to have a true fear of the Lord that gives us true wisdom and therefore a deeper trust. So here's what I love now as we go into verse 8. I love because this is who God is. This is why I want to go a little bit deeper beyond verse 5 and 6. Because now here we see verse 8, the blessing that God gives us when we choose to give up control. So I know it's not easy. And that's kind of, as believers, sometimes we, that is what God is requiring of us isn't easy. And it's hard. It's hard to give up control. It's hard to, to not let the anxiety and fear overwhelm us. It's hard um, to just give up and just let the Lord guide our steps and create our paths for us and not know all the details, how they can work out, but just completely trust in Him. But the God I serve loves to bless His children. And so here we see some of our physical blessing, the effects of total submission. In verse 8, it says it will be health to your body, your marrow, your nerves, your sinews, your muscles, all your inner parts, and refreshment, physical well-being to your bones. Researchers report that 43% of adults report that stress affects their health. At the doctor's office, a large majority of patients come in suffering side effects of anxiety. The American Medical Association reports that stress is at the root of more than 60% of all physical ills. Our society functions on a high level of stress. We do, we go, we work a little harder, we, we work a little longer, we do a little bit more, only to find ourselves completely mentally and physically burnt out. 
We worry that if we don't keep all this plate spinning, that everything will fall apart. We forget that God is ultimately in control. And if we give him complete control and put our trust in him, that he promises to help, direct, and guide our steps. In Isaiah 40, verse 31, it says, But those who trust in the Lord will find new strength. They will soar high on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Are you beginning to see some of those signs of physical stress on your body? Maybe you're here today and saying, what can I do? I'm not my wits and I can't do this anymore. And the Lord is saying, it's easy, it's simple. Just trust in me. Maybe you're saying something, that is hard to do. And I get it, it's hard to begin that journey of trust. But these blessings that come when we do in our physical bodies that will be restored because of our mental capacity to know and understand who God is and put our trust in Him will have amazing effects on us physically. Our physical bodies will be transformed by our choice to trust God to know him better, to relinquish control, to allow him to help us by having a healthy fear of the Lord. So as we close together this morning, as the worship team comes back up, um, what does it mean to truly trust in the Lord? In the end, guys, it means to know him, to know him with our mind, to truly have an understanding of who God is, to gain a deeper knowledge of who he is, to build a strong and a deep relationship of understanding. And these are the three things that happen when we have, when we learn to trust the Lord. First, he promises that he will direct our steps. He will physically clear the pathway. He will remove the obstacles that are in our way. Second, he gives us perfect peace. Then he promises that he will give refreshment and physical well-being to our physical bodies. I don't know about you guys, but I could use a little help with my everyday and big decisions in life that I have to make. I could use a little more peace and a little less anxiety. I could use physical refreshment and lobby. Let's pray together. God, I just thank you so much that we can put our trust in you, God. We can know with our minds that you are good, that you are faithful, you are a provider, you are a healer, you are a strong tower. You never change. You are the same yesterday, today, and forever, Lord God. I pray, Lord God, that as we as a church begin the journey, why we once again of picking up our Bibles and once again of understanding who you are, beginning that journey of knowing you for ourselves, oh God, I pray that you would reveal to us, oh God, in our own walks how truly good you are, how truly wonderful you are, how truly faithful you are, that we can put our trust in you, that we can rely on you, that we don't have to work, we don't have to try to figure it all out ourselves, oh God. We just get to know you, and as we know you, Lord God, we will help the rest of God. We just thank you for that. I pray for a fresh sense of confidence in us to rise up, a fresh sense of trust and reliability in who you are. And as we do that, Lord God, may you bring peace and refreshing to our souls. And our souls. Thank you for listening to our Love City Church podcast. Visit us online at www.lovecitychurch.ca. We pray that this message encourages you and strengthens you in your walk with Jesus.